thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. This is a sermon for Sunday, October 27th, Reformation Sunday. The sermon is entitled, A Great Rediscovery, and is based on Matthew, chapter 11, verses 12 through 19. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hamill. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today, as we celebrate Reformation Day, that hymn that we just sang, it really hits it square. That wonderful truth that we are saved by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that's a wonderful message, a wonderful message for us to hear. And then when you look at what pastor is preaching on, it doesn't quite follow. Well, that gospel reading that we heard today didn't really talk at all about that message, that wonderful message by grace. We are saved. And in fact, it didn't even mention Martin Luther. What, what are you doing, Pastor? It did talk a lot about John the Baptizer, though, didn't it? And uh, there's some good reason for that. Even though you may not necessarily in your mind think of them as similar people, Martin Luther has a lot in common with John the Baptizer. And since Martin Luther lived 1,400 years after the New Testament was written, and we're not going to find out a lot about him in the Bible, although we will find the teaching that he believed and taught, we're going to have to talk about Martin Luther by talking about our friend John. So what are some of the similarities between John the Baptizer and Martin Luther? Well, if you think about it this way, there are quite a few. One is that both men spoke to some of the greatest authorities of their land, and they spoke God's word to them. For John the Baptizer, he spoke to King Herod, who was a great political force in his land. For Martin Luther, he spoke to a number of the authorities. He spoke to cardinals, not the St. Louis kind. He spoke to the Pope. Well, he spoke against him, even if not face-to-face. And he spoke against the Holy Roman Emperor, a great political leader of his day. And the similarities continue, because as both men spoke the word of God to the authorities of their land, they weren't afraid to speak the truth of God's word, even though that truth might be rather uncomfortable to some of those authorities. John the baptizer spoke the truth to King Herod when he told him that he was living an adulterous life and he needed to repent. And Martin Luther, too, was not afraid to speak even to the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church and tell him that he needed to repent because he was teaching contrary to God's word. Well, the similarities continue. Because as both men spoke that truth of God's word, unafraid of the consequences, they did face consequences 
for speaking that truth. John the baptizer was imprisoned by King Herod, and then later he paid that ultimate price, beheaded. His life was taken from him. Now, Martin Luther did not pay the price as a martyr, but he was excommunicated, kicked out of the Roman Catholic Church, and declared a public enemy, a public enemy of the Roman Catholic Church, but also of the empire. What that meant is that anybody could have killed Martin Luther at any time, and they wouldn't have had to pay any penalty. They would not be convicted as murderers. They would be commended for getting rid of this heretic in their land. It's true Martin Luther didn't die a martyr. But each and every day of his life, he lived under that threat that anyone could kill him and get away with it scot-free. Well, the similarities, you would think, kind of do put these two men together. And yet, for all of those similarities that it is just mentioned, those are really only consequences, symptoms of a much greater similarity. You see, what really brings John the baptizer and Martin Luther together is that they both proclaimed the same message. Both men throughout their lives pointed people back to Jesus. In the words of John the baptizer, they proclaimed this wonderful news. Behold Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Now as you think about it, that really shouldn't, mean that Martin Luther and John are really that special. Because isn't that message the same message that you hear, that you hear in this place each and every week? Isn't that the same message that God has given you to proclaim and to profess in your life? Except in their day, It was an unusual message. See, in John's day, there were a lot of other Jewish teachers who were proclaiming a very different kind of message. Many of the Jewish teachers in John's day proclaimed that in God's Word, God's law was the most important message there. Our obedience... And our good works are what secured that salvation that the Jews of John's day yearned for. And in Martin's day, although the situation was different, in some way the message was very much the same. Growing up, Martin Luther was taught that God was this angry and mean judge who was just looking for ways to punish people for their sins and to make them suffer. Martin Luther lived most of his early life in fear of God. And the church taught that the only way to kind of appease this angry God is through good works, uh, through pilgrimage, and best of all, 
through living the monastic life. And so Martin Luther turned to this monastic life. But he did not find any comfort here. Try as hard as he might, he only saw his failures, his sins, and he knew that that angry and mean God would hold him accountable for those sins. But what about us? What about our day? Now, I did say that here I would hope that you hear the message proclaimed of God's love, his grace, his compassion for you found in Jesus Christ. But isn't it true that we live in a world that teaches a message not very different from the messages that were taught in John's and Martin's day. Isn't it true that people just generally speak about God and religion in ways that that make it sound like it's all about our lives and what we do? You know, heaven, it's that good place where good people go. So what you need to do is you need to do your best so that you will be found among the blessed. Martin and John proclaimed a message very different than that. They proclaimed a message that the forgiveness of sins, of sins, was found in Jesus And in Jesus alone. It isn't that we add something to Jesus. That that there's something lacking in what Jesus did and we need to, to do our part. They proclaimed it was in Jesus alone that salvation was found. This was a message of grace. And not everybody understood that message. Not everybody accepted that message. Because it seems strange. It seems new. It it sounded like a new discovery that was unique to John and to Martin. But the thing is that that was not a new discovery, was it? Martin and John were only rediscovering what God had been saying from the very beginning. See, this was not some secret that God whispered into the ears of John and Martin and to those people alone. This was a message that was very clearly there in God's Word. The only problem was that over time, the world had pushed that message aside. The world had lost that message because they had stopped listening to God's Word. And so... Martin and John turned to God's word to rediscover what was there the whole time. We read it very clearly. It was in our epistle reading today, wasn't it? The Apostle Paul proclaimed this wonderful message that that by observing the law, no one is justified in God's sight. That is, that we don't change our standing before God based on our performance, based on what we do. See, Paul knew that God was not this angry and vindictive judge. 
Instead, Paul proclaims that God was a compassionate God, a God of mercy. See, God sees you and me in our predicament, in our sin, and he knows that we can't fix that situation. And so God sends his son, Jesus. Jesus is the one who atones for our sin. Forgiveness is found in Jesus alone. And we are justified, made right before God. Not because of anything that you do. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on God. And the grace that God has shown us. And he even gives us that gift, that gift of faith in Jesus, the Lamb of God. After all, that's who Jesus is. Now, in his day, Jesus talks about how some people didn't get it. They they didn't understand John's message. They didn't understand who it was that John was pointing to. You heard Jesus describe some of the things that people thought about him. That that he was a drunk and a glutton. Because Jesus did not follow those strict traditions that the Pharisees taught. Because Jesus knew that salvation was not found in those things. They went on. They called him a friend of tax collectors and a friend of sinners. And that's a really funny thing to say. Because the opponents of Jesus thought that they had him pegged. They thought that they knew exactly why he must be rejected. They knew that he was not from God because if he was, he wouldn't hang out with those kinds of people. He would be found among the good people, among the the high and the mighty, the respectable people. You know, people like them. But instead... Jesus was this friend of tax collectors, lowlifes, and sinners. And that's ironic. Because although they meant this as like an insult, as a reason to reject Jesus, what they were actually saying was true. Not that Jesus was a drunkard or a glutton, but that he was a friend of sinners. That's exactly who Jesus is. That Jesus is a friend of sinners. See, John and Martin knew that they were not perfect. They knew that they needed salvation from outside of them. And so they looked to God. They looked to Jesus. And they were glad that Jesus was a friend of people like them. Sinners, people like you and like me. But he wasn't just a friend of sinners, was he? He was also the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world. And that's a wonderful message. A wonderful message to know that that Jesus isn't just somebody who hangs out with us, He is the one who sacrificed himself for us, who gave his life for sinners like you and me. See, God is not that angry judge. 
He's not that vindictive one. He is a God of compassion and mercy. Now, God is not one who who doesn't take sin seriously. He's not one who simply ignores sin. Sin means something to God. In fact, you might say, God is the one who takes sin so seriously, who understands it best, that he knows that our only hope is if he steps in. See, God sees us in our sin, and he sees that this is a hopeless predicament. This is a situation in which there is no good news for us. And so he sends Jesus. He sends Jesus out of his love and compassion for us. Jesus who lives and dies and rises again. See, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the friend of sinners, he comes to each of us. He comes into our lives and he does for us what we could never do. He gives us a holiness that we could never give ourselves. Sinners like us. Maybe you've looked in the mirror and you've not always liked the person staring back at you. Maybe you're somebody who's struggled with some sin or some sins. You've tried your hardest to overcome them, but you just never seem to win. Maybe you're the kind of person who's losing hope, who thinks that God could never love someone like you. Maybe you're the kind of person who lays awake at night because of your fears or your doubts. Maybe you're the kind of person that needs to rediscover this joyous message of Reformation Day. See, this day is not a day about any person who nailed 95 theses to a church door. That person was a messenger, just like John was a messenger, just like all of us are called to be messengers. But what this day is ultimately about is that one who was nailed to a tree. Jesus Friend of sinners, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Happy Reformation Day. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.